While the official title is Chief Information Officer, this role is about so much more than just managing information. It's about innovation, leading to disruption, and finding creative ways to use technology to bring about real positive change. And for retail CIOs, they do it all in the middle of a constantly changing consumer landscape. I'm your host, Jeremiah Barba, and I'm so grateful to be joined by Seth Rivers, Vice President and Retail Industry Leader at IBM, and Joe Wilson, CTO North America at Workday. Seth and Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yep, happy to be here. Awesome. So before we get started, could you both introduce yourself and tell me a little bit more about your background? And Seth, you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Good to connect. I'm Seth. I started life actually in industry. I was a retailer. And in my, my role, I was helping to shape a rapidly growing fashion brand in the UK. Since then, I've moved into a, a range of operations, strategy and technology consulting engagements that have taken me around much of the world, I guess. Uh, today, I lead a team of US-based consultants that, that help our retail clients with their most pressing business issues uh, across areas like supply chain innovation, customer and associate experience, technology transformation, and you know, knitting those all up into a, into a bundle that says, how do we do more, we, you know, either with, uh, with fewer people, fewer assets, trying to touch different parts of the business or, or different regions. That's, that's who I am and what I do. That's great. Welcome, and Joe. Yeah, great. So, you know, I've been in this kind of industry domain of technology for the better part of two decades now. I think I started with more most in technology start in a kind of a dark cubicle in the corner of the office as a developer. And it was amazing. There's nothing better than actually being able to create. But as life kind of matures and you realize that you have other responsibilities, they lured me away into things like product management or consulting. I joined Workday about eight years ago in enterprise architecture. I led teams in enterprise architecture. And for the last four years, I've been serving as a CTO here. And it's just been amazing, uh, an incredible journey. And I'm so excited about what good technology can do for organizations around the world. Wonderful. So glad to have you both on. So I'm going to share a little context here. You both contributed to a recently published IBM and Workday joint POV paper that was called Forward-Looking Technology for Retail CIOs. And the main points of that paper will play a big role in our conversation today. So for those listening Stay with us for an easy way to download that paper a bit later on. But for now, let's jump right in with our first question. So disruption and change um, often play a big role in how plans and strategies are made. Now, let's get started by talking about how retail CIOs learn from change and how they turn what they learn uh, into a positive forward-looking approach. And Seth, why don't you start us off? Mm. So, I mean, it's no surprise. We, we've seen huge amounts of disruption across the last few years. I mean, even the last decade or so has seen disruption. That, that of course, has been accelerated across the last couple. Um, you know, really easy examples of things like global supply chains being pulverized. Customers' expectations have changed almost overnight in terms of what they expect from retail clients. Looking at you know, operating norms have just been crushed. You know, trying to find good talent 
talent in the market is is almost an impossibility. And then even when you do, how do you retain the talent? So all of these things that we saw as consistent and, and just easy aspects to work in and around have, have fundamentally changed. And I think for, for many of our clients, of course, you know, CIOs, but actually across the C-suite, you know, that, that need for business agility and transformation has really been not only ingrained, but I guess instantiated for, for everyone. CIOs specifically have had to react to a very different expectation in terms of the speed of change. It used to be the case that you could almost do, you know, a year to a three-year horizon and say pretty much where am I going to be at any point in that cycle? I think many of our clients are now operating in six-month horizons, some even shorter, just due to the reality of change that is coming their way. And, you know, it's that nimbleness, that agility, that, that desire to do more and more and more that is really powering our very best customers forward. For sure, that continuous planning and always coming back to that only constant being changed. That's very interesting, and I'm sure will continue to be the case. Joe, what do you think on that question? I think Seth hit it actually right on the head, right? When he talks about this notion of this rate or this pace of acceleration. But I also think there's kind of this, this kind of introspective idea that we need to be more thoughtful about in terms of how we operate especially within the technology domain, especially within retail, especially for the CIO. And so I'm going to actually borrow a phrase from this guy named Abraham Maslow, who most of us might know him from his hierarchy of needs, but I just love this quote that he provided to the world at large. And it goes like this, one can choose to go back toward safety or forward toward growth. And I think that bias for action is one of the things that kind of separates the good from the great. And so while all industries are changing and while retail seems to be on the forefront of that change more than most, what can these great CIOs do to learn from change and leverage it for good? And I think there's probably a hundred hungry market analysts standing by to take your money for that answer, but I'll offer this. Improving organizations, they test their theories and they document their learnings. So while the cost of maintaining a lessons learned function might appear high, I think the adage that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, it actually still rings true today. And that is going to be a differentiator going forward. So retail CIOs have a twofold mission that can present some quandaries. And here's what I mean by twofold. On one side, they need to manage and maintain their technical infrastructure, but they also need to implement new technologies. So let's talk about how CIOs are managing that balancing act. And Joe, let's start with you. Sure, Jeremiah. And it's interesting that most CIOs, regardless of industry, they have to navigate that tricky path, right? Maintaining what they've got while also trying to innovate at the same time. But make no mistake, this quote unquote, always on nature of retail, it just creates an additional complexity for these business executives. That said, lessons learned from software development where I grew up where they have things like continuous integration and continuous delivery, it's super commonplace on that side of technology. But we're starting to see CICD, again, continuous integration and continuous delivery being brought and applied to the whole of technology. So for example, this, this legacy notion of waterfall deployments, they, they feel at best less than nimble. Nobody wants it anymore. So a larger trend and focus is starting to be centered on platforms that allow for what I'll call chunking a functional uptake over time based on both business need and internal capacity of each organization. And while the balancing act will never be easy, because it won't, smart investments in platforms can actually make it easier. 
Seth, any thoughts on that? Yeah, some, some great points there. I mean, when I'm talking with, with my customers, I'm, I'm often sharing this concept of, you know, the two-speed IT model. And that's back to the concept of, you know, how do I ultimately keep the lights on? How do I keep the operation running? How do I keep everyone engaged and bring some scale there? But in that context, I've got to ensure resilience. I've got to ensure the, the classic story of uptime. I've got to optimize my cost of operations, which is really, of course, an important function when you are talking scale. But in addition to the keep the lights on mentality, I've also got to drive innovation. And that innovation has got to be done in super creative ways and in ways that historically, you know, legacy CIOs would actually struggle with. We use that term of agile and agility, but really this is true creativity. And it shows, a, I guess, a, a tight alignment with the business leadership, which historically, again, for a legacy IT leader would, would maybe be a bit of a tough ask. But we see those that are really driving this two-speed IT model are able to switch between two worlds, one of the deep technology and deep IT enablement, but then also deep business enablement and driving innovation in conjunction with the business is how that comes together. I guess the bigger context here is that, you know, all of that has to be done within the purview of managing the team. And actually, that's probably where the rub comes together, because you've got to ensure that this team, whether they're part of the, the IT domain or part of the business domain or you know, just the broader operations, actually that they're suit to be motivated, that they're engaged, also they're empowered. And I think once you do have this team operating, you can then sort of straight, you know, the, who you want running in a keep the lights on model versus who you want running an innovation model and empower both parties to operate effectively. So I promised you an easy way to download the joint POV paper from IBM and Workday. And just like Rick Astley, I don't intend to let you down. So here it is, workday.com slash retail CIO. Again, that's workday.com slash retail CIO. And that URL is your ticket to even more insights from the world of retail CIOs. So I hope you'll take a moment and check it out. Now let's get back to the conversation. So we are definitely at a point where for the vast majority of companies being in the cloud is a given. It's not a new thing. It's the baseline. And it's now more about managing what you might call cloud complexity. So let's unpack how that is affecting retail CIOs. And Seth, we'll go back to you on this one. Mm. So, I mean, many of our clients made, I will call it the transition, some even a, a, a true jump out of the data center, probably, I don't know, five to seven years ago. They, they recognized there were limitations on how quickly they could scale, on how quickly they could bring yeah, business flexibility and ultimately the, the cost of run. And they decided that, you know, this premise of, of cloud compute was uh, ideal for, for that approach. We've seen varying degrees of comfort around that. Of course, it depends, you know, what we're actually putting into the cloud and, and how. But the reality is that most of our clients probably have approximately eight different cloud platforms operating in their environments. Some of these are, are true hyperscale uh, approaches, you know, through some of the large firms we all know and love. 
some of them are more sort of SaaS platforms that operate within either native or hyperscale clouds provided as a service, as, as I mentioned. And then some of these are things like small shadow IT programs that have been stood up in, in one cloud or another, just provide you know, fast scale, a quick entry point, and, and sometimes you know, coming under the operational radar that we all we all know. I'd say many clients have got to a point of having, I will call it a coexist strategy for the clouds. They recognize that these things happen within their business. They recognize they've got to enable them and bring some aspects of security and, and operational resilience to them. Very few clients have really built what I would call a solid multi-cloud agenda. Uh, understanding how they drive workloads across clouds, how they bring scale in a, a multi-cloud environment, and then equally how they do aspects of cost optimization. And I think it's the mature clients that are now starting to put time and effort into that activity, recognizing this is really the new world, the way that business is, is run. And therefore, this is where they've got to invest time and energy to get the best out. Joe, any thoughts on the idea of cloud complexity? Yeah, Seth did a great job talking about the different types of clouds and the different strategies that I think CIOs are having to wrestle with in terms of how to leverage them across the enterprise. But I'm going to go back a little bit by saying that even the term cloud can be vexing for many, I think because it fails to denote maybe a standard design or delivery mode as common artifact. And because of this, I think few cloud service providers actually look the same, whether it's internally or externally. And for CIOs that have leveraged what Seth was talking about in terms of hyperscalers across different regions, they might know exactly what I'm talking about. That said, I recently reread a, an article on Medium, and it really got me in the feels because the author stated that cloud native is about how applications are created and deployed, not where. So when I think about cloud native apps or their respective services, I think about attributes like open yet secure as well as standards based. You know, if the app or the service can't provide evidence for the, at least these two attributes, then it's what I call fake cloud. And nobody's got time for that, especially in an industry like retail where everybody's moving at the speed of thought. Definitely. So interesting to hear about how this is evolving and how CIOs are working their way through. So maybe you have, but I don't think I have ever heard an example of a business leader who said something like this. They said, hey, you know what? We know exactly what to do with all this data. And maybe you have, but let's talk about that data deluge, if you will, if you want to use a nice alliterated term, that abundance of data and what to do with it. And how are retail CIOs navigating it? And Joe, we'll start off with you on this one. Yeah. So when I think about industries that are really keen on leveraging data, I immediately always think first about retail. You know, in this specific industry or this specific domain, I think about the massive jobs associated with data in terms of aggregating and curating and then leveraging it to not only remain relevant in this fiercely competitive space where margins are super thin, but to also generate incredible value to end users by way of what I'll call hyper-personalization. But I often wonder if these lessons learned around data are being fully capitalized across the business. And to point, I think about that timeless advice from a book called The Art of War about the requirement we all have to know ourselves in relation to those with whom we compete. So in order to avoid those costly mistakes that Sun Tzu referenced in that aforementioned book, 
you know, these CIOs that we have to constantly test the efficiency and effectiveness of efforts related to data stewardship. Again, aggregation, curation, and then finally leveraging it. And by the way, no pressure, these same CIOs need to figure out how to do it when the engine's always on. So if I ever find somebody that says they know exactly what they're doing with data, I'm all ears. In fact, find me on LinkedIn and tell me exactly how you crack that nut because I'd love to learn from you. Right. Maybe you'll get some some takers on that. What about you, Seth, on that on that concept of the the data deluge? Yeah, no, it's a great piece of alliteration, as you say. And and it's it's interesting how you you post your question. I guess you know, some clients are more self-assured than others. I, I might start there. It really is true, however, that the the volume of data that's produced in even an average size retailer is just I mean, it's huge. It's volumetric. And the dearth of opportunities associated with all of that data can be overwhelming. I've read several times that data is now more valuable than gold, more valuable than oil. It's really the most valuable asset that many of our clients have. Some clients, of course, will say their associates are the most valuable asset. And I think that's probably a good human-centric approach. But but looking at that concept of, of true data, I mean, we see clients really wrestling with how to put their data to work. Uh, I see, again, uh, several clients who are looking at this in a sort of twofold strategy. One is the classic horizontal approach. You know, how do I construct my data? How do I do data aggregation? How do I look at data security? How am I driving maybe something like a data lake? Some people call it now data swamp <laughs> across my business so that I can expose that data in, in new and creative ways. Others are taking a very vertical view of how to you know, expose that data, how to use it. So essentially tying it off to the various retail domains of you know, marketing, merchandise, supply chain, maybe pricing, customer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, neither of those are wrong. Each one actually probably has to be done in, in some level of harmony, uh, but each one ultimately has a different end goal. But I think it's important that, that, you know, as the CIO, you figure out what you're trying to impact and therefore how you can impact them with better use of data. And one of the things that I think has really been quite powerful for a couple of the clients that I've touched is, has been to recognize there is a very broad world of data out there. There is your, you know, your internal data, which I think typically clients have a pretty good grasp on. Uh, you know, classic retail example is, you know, a customer database or a T-log from your point of sale or something like that. But then there's also a huge amount of external data that you can capture. And that can be things like IoT and sensor data. That can be things like weather data. That can be, you know, several other types, event data, for example. And it's only really once I'm able to cross-filter cross or cross-pollinate, let's call it my internal, with my external data, that's when I can start to get very insightful views on things like demand forecasting, on accuracy of inventory data, of other things that actually become very, very compelling for a retail CIO. So, so thinking outside of the four walls of the, the retail enterprise can be very useful here. Right. Data being one of those things that it's really interesting to see examples of when it really makes a, a positive impact on real life. Let's go into that idea of omnichannel, a term that I've heard for a while and continues to be important. So you might call it omnichannel, you might call it shop anytime, anywhere. It's just that ability to buy what you want, when and where you want to. And it's essential, it's expected. We are all used to it now. So what does that mean in particular for retail CIOs? And Seth, we'll go back to you to get us started on this one. 
Yeah, this this concept of your omni-channel, frictionless shopping, whatever you want to term it, we, we've now started to talk in the concept of converged commerce. So, so bringing all of these multiple threads together and having a, a harmonious view across all of them from, from start to finish. A really broad area for any C-suite leader to engage in, in a business, not least of which the CIO, because of course so much of it is, is enabled and deployed through technology. There are lots of interplays here of platforms, the large-scale commerce platforms that many of our clients will know, versus very discrete tools that are typically kind of innovation plays to try and underpin a specific process. So I think about something like Dropship, those components are very, very, very discrete. So yeah, as a CIO, what am I looking to do? Am I trying to am I trying to impact my entire go-to-market story, or am I trying to impact a, a very specific thread of how I execute in a, in a discrete area? What I do see is that many of my clients are really focused on the entire customer journey. It's right the way from driving inspiration through digital marketing all the way through to things like reverse logistics and customer service. And actually that aspect of customer service has become such a differentiator in today's market. If I can provide strong customer service, that that talks through my converged commerce story better than most. I see future looking clients who are now starting to invest very heavily in what we term influential commerce or social commerce. So how am I using aspects of discrete marketing, the, the platforms that we all know and love to really influence my customers to engage more with my brand and therefore you know, buy more from my brand. And I think you know, clients that are doing that in new and creative ways are finding that there are huge, huge advantages to be sold. That's all really interesting to see how companies are navigating it and the way that they're adapting to our, honestly, ever-increasing expectations as consumers. Uh, Joe, any thoughts on the omnichannel concept and what that means for CIOs? Yeah, this notion of shop anytime, anywhere, your way right away. I mean, whatever you want to say, it's pretty daunting when you think about it. And so, of course, you know, some of the energy of the CIO needs to be focused on those activities that Seth already mentioned, like keeping the lights on. But I think it also requires that our retail CIOs take a leadership charge, specific or related to the domain of experience for both customers that are internal or external or potentially both. And what I mean by that is, you know, if, if we pay enough attention to the experience of the internal customer, meaning the employees, CIOs can, no kidding, help reduce turnover, especially in an industry that is kind of branded or known at basically at near 100% churn at the floor level. That's a lot of money. On a similar path, though, like if the experience of the external customer is great, and by external, meaning those that pay for those goods or services, well, then CIOs can help retain those precious payers over a lifetime of interaction, right? Those are the really key elements. And I think both drive from this notion or this focus on experience. And retail CIOs, they have a key role to play in that when it comes to generating those best experiences possible for both customers on the internal side and the external side of the equation. It's so interesting how the frontline workforce is so important to the success of retail. As work models continue to evolve, it's so important to keep the frontline workforce engaged and empowered. So what are retail CIOs focused on when it comes to keeping that connection strong? And Joe, we'll go back to you on this one. Sure, Jeremiah. I think there's there's probably hundreds of potential initiatives related to this topic, but I'm going to offer what I believe is the most important. 
especially as it relates to the frontline workforce, and that is reducing friction. You know, most people today, they fully understand what best in class looks like, uh, thanks to the explosion of services across the consumer web. You know, we see it there in spades and apps like Domino's for pizza or Duolingo for language. I mean, the experience supports engagement and empowerment. But most of all, these apps are tailored. They're tailored to busy users who live busy lives and they afford simplified access and robust personalization and improved experience. And all that together negates the frustration that we often experience in life, while also furthering that connection to the individual. And I think this goes back to my earlier argument that smart investments in platforms are potentially game changers for retail CIOs because it's those platforms that offer the opportunity to consolidate functionality and as a result can help reduce friction. And if they can do that, they're going to have a happier workforce and that will probably translate into happier customers and higher revenue. Seth, any thoughts on this frontline workforce connection with retail CIOs? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a huge believer in what Joe mentioned. And, you know, having managed a field of retail sellers, I, I can wholly agree that if you've got an engaged and motivated workforce, that just shows in your customer satisfaction. You know, people want to please the customer. And, and when they're suitably empowered, then, then they get the chance to do so. That's a very natural fit. But to supplement that, however, we see you know, many clients who are really deeply involved with a broad range of strategies to to engage and motivate their workforce and and then this takes so many different deployment models or varieties so, you know you've got what we do for teams at the headquarters versus what we do at the store versus maybe at a distribution center, which can have quite a different look and feel, or even you know, for our mobile associates who are out on the road, how do we keep all of those associates locked in, tied, motivated, and also close to the brand, you know, understanding the brand messaging. I see many of the clients who have redesigned their, I guess, internal application experiences to support the modern expectations of the workforce. It's really hard to, to have a millennial or even Gen Z type workforce and then give them, you know, green screen mainframe tools to work with. It just doesn't work anymore. So we've seen, you know, several clients who've totally transformed the look and feel of their application stack, ultimately the user experience of, of how they're bringing to, you know, bringing their tools to market and even driving things like gamification. So they're motivating their, their workforce to do more with the tools they provide or within a BYOD environment, a bring your own device environment. And I think there have been several you know, high-profile retail cases of that recently. When you tie that in with something like retention, it's become such a huge issue these days. But more than that, I think the expectations of what we now see is a reality of a $15 per hour minimum wage. That's changed the expectations for employees. You know, people aren't just going to put up with nonsense at work anymore. They, they just don't need to. Uh, if you look at the amount of job openings that are on the market yeah, now, people have rich pickings of the job market and they, they will use that to their satisfaction. Several clients have recognized this, I'll call it shift in engaged workforce and employable staff and are looking to enable, you know, functions and processes within their business based around AI now. And they're doing that twofold. Firstly, it takes out the effort from the laborious, repetitive jobs that typically people just don't want to do. You know, when you can answer that through the use of technology, then, then why wouldn't you? But it also then allows that workforce to focus on much higher value business impact. And that really is where, you know, the aspects of job satisfaction come into play because we all want to have an impact on the business. 
So I think, you know, clients recognizing that not only is it about keeping people employed, not only is it about giving people the tools they need to do the job, but also it's about making their jobs easier. That's really critical. More people are choosing to shop at companies that align with their views on sustainability and an ethical supply chain. And end-to-end supply chain visibility is a, a big part of this conversation. So what role does the CIO play in that? And Seth, we'll go back to you for uh, this question. Yeah, so this really is an area that is near and dear to my heart. I've been involved in supply chain now for several years and actually started my career in that space. And it's fascinating to see how much of the supply chain is now truly enabled with technology, connecting platforms, helping the the speed of data flow in and out of our business. This innovation space is really where CIOs can dig in. We've seen the concept of end-to-end integration become so important around things like sustainability, provenance, for example, and really the trust in the brand, trust in the retailer. We've got several large examples of clients who look to expose key data both within their supply chain and within the broader supply chain, either up into the suppliers. So we're sharing things like inventory data and available to promise data, but also down into the consumer to look at things like farm locations or bioorganic certifications, uh, things like time and temperature tracking. Once that data is in the hands of the consumer or alternatively in the hands of the supplier, it means that those parties within who play a really active role in the supply chain can make a much more educated purchasing decision. And that ultimately increases the trust and brand proximity that retailers have to consumers. So it's smart retailers now that are exposing this internal data for the, for the good, for the knowledge, for the insight that it brings. And consumers are, are embracing that like we've never seen before. Right. Supply chain is really so interesting. I spent some time writing about it in a past life. And really, even though the concepts can seem a little bit abstract at first, it is very much real life. And I tend to think about things differently, having spent a a little time writing about it. So Joe, over to you, thoughts on sustainability and the whole ethical approach to supply chain. Yeah, you bet. You know, where your coffee beans were sourced or where your shoes were sewn. I mean, these are all questions that are kind of trickling out, if you will, out to the consumer side of the equation. And I think this is just another huge plug for data stewardship. But the good thing is, is that CIOs are uniquely positioned to really help their organizations focus on the effort to support both internal awareness and public accountability. The democratization of data, it's here. It's not coming, it's here now. And it's on this magic thing called the internet, which is a beautiful thing. But the big question for many CIOs is how do they manage that data through its life cycle? In answer to that, I'd expect to see more products or more services in the very near future related to this requirement, especially as that focus from the consumer side of the equation starts to become more fierce. This has been great. And we're heading into our our last question here. So finally, no pressure, but in a sentence or two, what would you say that the retail CIO of the future looks like? And Joe, why don't you start us off? All right, Jeremiah, no pressure. Thanks. So I'm no futurist and I honestly doubt most profess any skill and prediction because I never see him winning the lottery anyways. But joking aside, I think the retail CEO of the future is going to look similar to the retail CEO today, just hopefully better, faster, and smarter. Beautiful. And Seth, over to you. 
Yeah, we've seen that transition from, you know, an individual who historically was very focused towards the back office operations into someone who's much more, let's call it front office, even business aligned. But I, I see the need and the desire for a deeply agile, creative thinker, someone who's human centric and is, is able to flex with the demands of the client, the business and the workforce. When you bring those three things together, I think that's where you see the heart of the CIO. Thank you so much to both of you for being with me here today. It has been a, a great conversation. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Workday podcast with Seth Rivers from IBM and Joe Wilson from Workday. And in case you didn't catch it earlier, here's that URL again to download the joint POV paper from Workday and IBM. It's workday.com slash retail CIO. Again, that is workday.com slash retail CIO. Don't forget to follow us wherever you're listening to us today. And remember, you can find our entire podcast catalog at workday.com slash podcasts. I'm your host, Jeremiah Barba, and I hope you have a great workday.